I'm Ricardo Fuller, and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. So, um, yeah, my name is Ben Meekin. Uh, I am the, uh, I guess, host and producer of Blades Pod, which is, as far as I know, the only Sheffield United podcast out there, which is kind of the reason I decided to start doing it. Um, and yeah, also kind of founder, writer of um, UpTheBlades.com, which is, uh, uh, I guess, a companion website where um, uh, we can waffle on about things in, in more detail than we do on our podcast, although they tend to be quite long and waffly as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's the podcast and the website, Blades Pod and Up The Blades. Uh, I think I started it almost exactly a year ago, actually, um, off, off the back of a, a pretty impressive win for United over overhaul that time and uh yeah it's been uh it's been a good year of um podcast content i suppose we've had a, a lot of uh ups and a few downs to talk about in that time but yeah well yeah you you guys have uh, uh been on an upswing over the past few years uh and in the past few years where this podcast has been running stoke have had completely the opposite so uh yeah well done for starting a podcast and not seeing your team immediately torpedo down the leagues. But uh... well, uh, yeah, I suppose I guess they haven't torpedoed down the leagues. Unfortunately, I think within about ten days of doing the first episode, um, our, our sort of key player broke his leg, and Ooh. then we, uh, our form did actually drop off after that. We were top of the league when I started doing it, and then uh, unfortunately slipped out of the playoffs. So for, certainly for the first sort of six or seven episodes, I was thinking, oh god, what have I done here? I should have kept my mouth shut and not actually started this, but I suppose at least we're still in the same league and roughly in the same kind of position we were a year ago. Mm. And yeah, you've had a, a great start to the season. Uh, up until yesterday, you'd won four on the trot. Uh, what what have you made of uh, your start to the season? Is it kind of, did you maybe ex- expect this? Have other people maybe underestimated Sheffield United? Or has the starts of the season you were top until recently has it uh, surprised you yeah it really has surprised me um I, I kind of thought we'd have a very similar season to last year and you know maybe it will still pan out that way where we finished um I think we finished 10th in the end so you know kind of in the playoffs for most of the season and sort of slipped out in the last few months um but yeah I I, I did not expect us to be doing this well I mean the, the thing that's kind of um most pleasing I guess is that this isn't kind of a fluky run of results or anything like that you know we've we've uh we've deserved to win most of these games and you know I think we've still won more games than any other team in the league and you know just generally have have played uh you know very high standard football um you know the players that we've brought in in the summer have you know made a really big impact kind of you know, address the sort of holes that we we had last season that kind of led to that drop off in form. So, yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by where we are based on how I felt at the start of the season. But just you know, with every passing game, it feels like no, we we actually do belong. You know, in the kind of top four or five teams at the moment, and yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been amazing. It's it's felt like a kind of yeah, a, a, an evolution, I guess, from where we were last season and. Yeah, I'm. I'm more and more kind of convinced that we might be able to stick it out, and you know, I, I don't think we will finish in the top two. I think there are there are too many uh, big hitters who have basically just have better quality players, I suppose, than us. But I do think a run at the top six is very achievable now, and I, I certainly didn't feel that right at the start of the season. Talk to us about uh, Chris Wilder then, as ignorant fans of an ex-Premier League club who weren't paying too much attention to the lower leagues in the past <laughs> few years. 
what what is he like as a manager? How does he get you guys playing? And kind of what what's the secret to uh, his success for you guys? Honestly, it's just been amazing having Wilder as manager. I mean, I can't I can't praise the sort of experience as a fan enough. I mean, we had six pretty miserable years in League One with a, a succession of failed managers essentially who. If anything, it seemed to get progressively worse. You know, we we kind of nosedived under um, under Brian Robson. Previous to that, we had you know a kind of a, a miserable experiment with David Weir as manager, Nigel Adkins. Uh, I guess uh, Nigel Clough kind of um, you know got us sort of sort of going in the right direction, got us to like the cup semi finals, but then we kind of saw the kind of limits of his ability. And then Nigel Adkins, who was the manager prior to Wilder, was just a, a thoroughly miserable time. I think we finished eleventh that season, despite having one of the the biggest budgets in League One. Um, and then Wilder comes in. Uh, he's obviously a former Sheffield United player, Sheffield United fan. He used to be a ball boy for us as well. So he's you know huge huge personal connection with the club. You know it's such a kind of lazy thing, but it it does actually make a difference as a fan. I think when you you know you know that your manager sort of gets what the club are about and, you know, what the fans actually want to see out their team. And, you know, we actually had a pretty terrible start under him, which is weirdly is something we've done uh, uh, in all three of his seasons. But I think we were bottom of the league after four games and, you know, we're all sort of going, oh God, you know, what's happening here? And then from then on, we, we just went on an incredible run. It felt like everything sort of fell into place. We ended, the, you know, as I say, bottom after four games in League One, we ended that season with 100 points. Um, you know, comfortably won the league, and yeah, from there we've um, you know we've just kind of kicked on. I mean, we're sort of playing the same style of football we did in League One, um, but just sort of adding, I guess, adding a few new pieces over the year, over the last couple of years that have just uh, enabled us to keep playing in the same way, but still getting the same level of success. I mean, I think you know the the thing that we kind of draw a lot of praise for from uh, I guess from media, but obviously from our fans as well is. We play in a very attacking style, um, and this is kind of why we don't draw many games at all. I think we only drawn one this season, and we went something ridiculous like 15 games at the start of last season without drawing. You know, we we genuinely played to win every single game, and occasionally that leaves us, you know, a little bit open. Maybe you could say it makes more sense to settle for a point. But as a fan, it's great to watch, and you know, we have, um, you know, we play kind of a, a three-five-two kind of formation. Our, our wing backs spend more time in the opposition half than in our own most of the time. Uh, our, central, our wide central defenders get forward to join the attack, which is always great to see. I mean, if you saw our goal against Derby this weekend, you know, it was a, a really good footballing move and it was actually finished by one of our central defenders in the six-yard box. And, you know, it wasn't like he'd gone up for a set piece and he was still there. He actually, his role is to get forward and join in with the attack. So that was kind of emblematic of, of the way that we play. But, you know, we, we're kind of... The one sort of weakness I guess we have compared to other teams is we don't have many players who are like, you know, you just give them the ball and they're going to score a fantastic goal out of nothing or just dribble around three players and, you know, create something out of nothing. But, you know, we're a very sort of, every single player is comfortable on the ball. They all know their roles having been kind of gradually brought into this wilder style of football. So, yeah, everyone is sort of playing at their absolute peak. And, yeah, there's, there's I don't think it's ignorant on the part of, you know other teams fans at all but there aren't many household names among our players but they are all they've all kind of shown in the last couple of years that they are very good championship standard players and yeah all kind of playing at the peak and you know as a fan of somebody that's been in the lower leagues and is now 
yeah, once again sort of punching slightly above their weight, I guess, in terms of league position and budget. It's fantastic to see. I mean, you, you can't really ask for much more apart from, I guess, I hope that it just keeps going, that we can sustain it over the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one uh, of the more familiar names in your squad is Billy Sharp, of course, and he's your top scorer mm. with eight goals in all competitions. Uh, how great is it to have a Sheffield lad? I don't know if if he's one of your own, if he's considered that. Um yeah, he absolutely is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just to just to be clear on that one. Of course, he is. Uh, so, how great is uh, is that to have uh, Billy Sharp leading the line for you? And outside of him, are there any individuals you'd maybe pick out as being uh, someone uh, Stoke fans should kind of be wary of? Yeah, I mean, the Sharp thing is it's similar to what I was saying about Wilder. To be honest, you know, we were properly in the doldrums, and then. Uh, yeah, to have a a blade as manager and then a blade as captain and top scorer as he was in uh, in League One that that uh, title winning season was fantastic and it's just carried it on into the championship. I mean, you know, Sharp's in his in his kind of early thirties now and he's he's never really been like he's never been fast or skillful or, or particularly strong, but uh, he is just a, the consummate poacher, I suppose. You know, he, he's he's always in the right place at the right time. I mean. Yeah, he's mentioned he's got uh, eight goals, I think it is, in all competitions this season. I think it's seven in the league. Um, but, you know, all of them are from, like, three or four yards. He's just the master of the tapping. You know, he, he just gets in the right place at the right time. And, you know, the way that we... The style of football we play, we very much don't kind of shoot on sight or, or kind of pepper the opposition goal with shots. We... You know, we work the ball around and inside the box and really look for a for a great chance rather than a half chance. And you know, Sharp's game is just perfectly tailored for that. And yeah, I, I won't be too surprised to see him getting sort of fifteen goals this season. To be honest, just this kind of the high the the number of high quality chances we we create for him and our other players. But um, yeah, in terms of the rest of the team, as I say, everybody's kind of. You know, not a household name, but playing to a great level. I mean, I wouldn't single out one of them particularly, but I would just call out our, our midfield as, you know, just playing as a, a tremendous unit. So Oliver Norwood, who's a player we brought in um, just after the start of the season, has just made a huge impact in central midfield. His, his range of passing is, is unreal. His set-piece delivery is far and away better than anything that we've seen for probably 10 years or so I guess and you know suddenly we've become a threat from set pieces again which is something that Sheffield United uh it seems to be a reputation that we can't actually shake from from Neil Warnock even mm. though it's going back like 10 or 12 years now and actually we've been pretty rubbish at set pieces for five or six years so suddenly we're good at those again but um yeah I'd single out Norwood uh John Fleck as well it's just uh you know taken to championship football brilliantly and uh, set up the um, the goal for us on Saturday with a, a great run into the box, and then Mark Duffy, who is um, I guess another classic United player at the moment. We picked him up for very little after um, Burton Albion decided he wasn't good enough for the Championship. He's a fantastic footballer, one of the one of the better footballers I've seen in my time watching United. To be honest, you know, just rarely loses the ball. Great dribbler, incredible balance. Uh, probably our single most creative player, and um, yeah, one to. Definitely one to keep an eye out for, but generally, I would say probably the the strength of our team is our, our three man midfield. I think. Yeah, we definitely uh, have that same thing about set pieces. Despite it, this being our third manager since Tony Pulis, everyone said, "Oh yeah, Stoke really gone set piece." No, we've been crap at them for years. Give give it another ten years, and people will change their mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so you won four on the trot right up until uh, 
the weekend where you tasted defeat to uh, Frank Lampard's derby TM. Uh, what happened? Yes. What happened there? Um, it was yeah, it was a weird game really. I mean, uh, I didn't actually have the best view of it because I was on the the third row. So uh, <laughs> in terms of like the game flow, it was kind of hard to read. But we conceded after I think it was eighteen seconds. So that's that's one eight seconds, which. I think is the second fastest goal United have ever conceded. Um, we, we literally didn't touch the ball until we were picking it out of the net, which was a weird way to start the game, uh, obviously. And, you know, looking back, you kind of feel like, oh, we, we probably should have taken a hammering there, to be honest. You know, you concede that early, you're away, you know, the crowd are all fired up and it's a, you know, Derby have, have a lot of good players as well. But, you know, the way we responded was unbelievable. We completely hammered Derby in the first half after that. And, um, yeah, winning at half-time at one-all, having yeah having got a goal, probably could have had a couple more, to be honest. And then, unfortunately, just couldn't sustain that in the second half. I mean, you have to give some credit to Derby. Obviously, the home team, you can't expect them to, to rally back, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, we, we just didn't create anywhere near as much in the second half. Derby took one of their sort of half chances. A great finish by Marriott, but not exactly being carved open or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those defeats where it's kind of annoying, but at the same time, uh, not too much to worry about, I think. I mean, you know, I look at, at on on the podcast and the site, we pay a lot of attention to expected goals and advanced metrics and stuff. And yeah, those kinds of things suggest that yeah, we were pretty unlucky to lose the game, which is what I felt at the time. And a, a draw was probably a right result and a win wouldn't have flattered us at all. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of annoying to drop points to a, another promotion rival, I suppose. But having conceded after 18 seconds, whatever it was, you know, and then put in a really good performance, not something that hugely worries me, to be honest. OK, then. Uh, so we come to town tomorrow. We've already lost five games this season and we're just off the back of a defeat at home to Birmingham City. You must fancy your chances against us, right? I don't know. What is going on with Stoke? I mean, oh, there's a I, yeah. I, I mean, you've made us look quite foolish so far, myself and um, my regular guest on the podcast. We we were extremely confident in predicting that Stoke would win the league. Um, I think we said you were the surest thing since Newcastle got 100 points in the Championship. To oh, honest, so it's your fault. I do, it's entirely it your fault. Be, yeah. Although I wasn't exactly uh, going out on a limb with that opinion, I think you were very much the yeah. bookies' favourites. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I still kind of feel you probably could sneak into promotion spots. To be honest, I think it's what only ten, twelve points off at the minute, something like that. Mm. I mean, the thing is, I, I looked first of all. I look at your players before the season, and I thought, you know, not only have you got some players who have done good things at a high level, so you know, Joe Allen's played in the European Championship semi-finals. You know, Jack Butlin's an England goalkeeper. You know, Shawcross seems like the kind of player who would just absolutely flourish in the championship. But then you've also signed players who were who were proven at this level um, and, and proven to be very good at this level, like a phobie and an Ince. And I just thought this team's going to absolutely smash the championship. I don't understand. You know, I'd be stunned if they finished below second. And it's not really worked out that way. However. As I say, pay attention to um, these kind of uh, forecasted tables, expected tables, and Stoke's level of performance is a lot better than your current league position. So I think one of the, I think it's Info Goal is the one I look at quite a lot. Um, they have you as the sixth best team based on uh, the chances you've created and the chances you've conceded. So yeah, I, I think you're in a slightly false position at the moment. 
Um, that said, yeah, you should be doing a lot better, I think, with the players that you have. So this is a very roundabout way of saying that um, I'm pretty wary about tomorrow night, I think. I would not be surprised if we lost at all. Um, but I think it should be uh, a pretty good game, I reckon. But yeah, I, I, I mean, there's no way Stoke finished that low down the league uh, at all. Uh, I, I'll be... I really do think you will get into the playoffs just yeah, looking at the players you've got and also the, the kind of underlying numbers on your performance as well. So yeah, don't be uh, don't be too downhearted yet if you're a Stoke fan, although, you know, I suppose you're only well, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, overstepping my mark here, but I would I would guess as an outsider that uh you're only a few defeats away from potentially a managerial change. Um saying that I thought Rowett would just be the ideal manager for you as well you know someone who again has you know good track record at this level knows the league knows you know has obviously managed in this league very recently so yeah I'm, I'm just surprised with how it's working out for you to be honest although I do think as I say that uh, a, a rise up the league is is very likely in the not too distant future yeah it's like um the best analogy I can think of right now it, it would be I'm, I'm rubbish at, at cooking and I'm a pretty rubbish at baking it's like if you follow the recipe exactly how it's written to the letter you've got all the right ingredients lined up you've you've followed the process exactly how it should go and your cake still comes out crap that well that's what it seems to happen it seems to be happening with with stoke at the moment we've got really good players i thought right once ryan wood signed we turned a corner i thought Mm. right we've picked up a couple of wins now we'll start to build some momentum and yeah we just keep Finding way, finding ways to shoot ourselves in the foot, and it's it's been frustrating. But uh, I guess I guess part of football support is remaining optimistic and and not going completely mental. I'm certainly not anywhere close to uh, route out, and I'm certainly not like underestimating that 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 this league was going to be difficult. But yeah, when everyone predicts you to to go straight up, this is. It's starting to look a bit embarrassing now for us, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at your your results so far this season. So I mean, you lost the way at Leeds. I remember watching that, and you know, Leeds were like a runaway train yeah. in that game. Uh, I don't think many teams would have stopped them. You know, drawing at home to Brentford, there's no shame in that. Brentford are one of the best teams in the league. You caught Wigan at a time where they were on a great run as well. Uh, losing at West Brom, no shame there. I mean, you could have done us a favour by winning at Hillsborough, but you know, at least you didn't lose. We'll, we'll let you off there. Blackburn again been one of the better teams in the league this season. So, you know, it's not like you've been, yeah, it's not like you've been had a sort of cakewalk run of fixtures or anything like that. I mean, generally the the lower ranked teams you might have actually beaten. So, yeah, and that win at Norwich actually is is very impressive. Um, and yeah, I think Birmingham are another one who were kind of surprisingly should be doing a little bit better I think they, they you know create way more chances than you'd expect for a team that sort of started the season kind of around the relegation zone so yeah it's yeah like I say I, I'd be pretty confident of Stoke finishing in the top six to be honest even at this point yeah and even in some of those games we've lost or drawn we've got like the hard luck story we missed a last minute penalty against Blackburn we should have had a penalty two oh, yeah. penalties against Birmingham but uh yeah don't want to uh, make excuses for us. We'll uh, move on back to Sheffield United. Uh, so, what's the aim this season then? Uh, you've got promotion kind of in your sights, but are you maybe tempering that down to to top six, or uh, if you finished outside of the top six, would would that be okay by your fans, considering kind of perhaps the limitations you've had compared to other sides? 
Yeah, I, I think it would. Um, I think there'd be... I mean, look, last season when we finished 10th, there was you know a, a good section of our fans who, who were disappointed with that based on how we'd done. You know, we're kind of top of the league going into November and sort of hung around there for most of the league as well. It, it, sorry, hung around there for most of the season in the top six and then kind of just dropped off in the in the last few months. So, you know, and that was kind of justifiable disappointment, I think. You know, there was a feeling that we didn't really invest in January, which is, a, again, is a kind of justifiable complaint I suppose but personally yeah if we finish kind of in that same sort of 8th to 10th range then that's what I expected this season um, but yeah my uh, like I said I'll probably revise my expectations up now to to top 6 I do think we are good enough to get in there and I also think I fancy our chances against you know pretty much any team to be honest there doesn't seem to be uh, a Fulham or a Wolves this season so far anyway um, so yeah if we've got a a chance to play a team in the playoffs over two games or in a one-off game, then, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely give us more than a puncher's chance. But, yeah, I, I guess I would be a bit disappointed at this stage if we missed out on the playoffs. And, yeah, hopefully, um, we you know, we didn't spend a great deal of money in uh, in the summer. Um, I know we, we spent a club record amount on uh, John Egan, a central defender, but that was still only £4 million and we, we, um, we received £12 million from sale of David Brooks to uh, Bournemouth so you know we sat on quite a bit of money to potentially go out and get a couple more players in January if we need to but yeah we, we've um, I guess Wilder's whole approach is to be quite cautious with our funds I guess you know we seem to have uh, very strict sort of limits on what we're willing to pay so Martin Waghorn who's, who's now at Derby side from Ipswich uh, he was someone we pursued uh, very openly and very aggressively in the summer but eventually it just got to a stage where uh you know we were kind of publicly saying no we we just don't think he's worth what Derby are willing to pay for him so off he goes basically so um yeah I, I don't know if we actually will kind of push the boat out in January certainly not to the extent that I'm sure a lot of other teams will but you know Wilder's kind of had this approach of just kind of picking up one or two players that can kind of slot into our first team or into our squad and you know, maybe aren't particularly heralded or big names or anything like that, and most of them turn out to be very, very astute signings. So, yeah, I think we're in uh, we're in a good position if we can kind of stick around the top six for the next few months and see where we are. Then, uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be an exciting season for us, to be honest. The way that we play and yeah, the results that we're getting so far. Okay, fantastic. And two quick questions before I let you go. Uh, first of all, uh, on behalf of all Stokies, including myself, who are going to Bramall Lane for the first time in a while tomorrow night. Uh, any kind of pub recommendations before the game or anywhere to to go before the game that you'd uh, say was away fan friendly? Um, if you're coming by train, uh, definitely go in the Sheffield Tap, which is a pub actually in the station itself, um, which has got a fantastic range of beers. It's just a really, really good pub. Um, I think possibly they don't let fans in if you're wearing football shirts. So... Uh, if you've not got colours on, I do recommend that. But to be honest, Sheffield's just such a great... I, I always think this whenever I go to... Well, this is quite quite harsh on other grounds, but <laughs> when I go to a lot of away games, I just think, ah, oh, it's not as good as going to Bramall Lane, is it? There's just so many pubs around the place and, you know, we don't... Uh, <laughs> I doubt you'll run into any trouble, to be honest, but I would recommend just wandering into town. You know, you're you know more than 10 minutes walk from uh, from the ground. There's pubs everywhere. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's... It's a good place to go if you if you like beer, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd just wander around and see what takes your fancy. But Sheffield Tap is definitely one if you're not wearing a Stoke shirt. 
yeah, absolutely. I've uh, experienced it a couple of times and uh, definitely, oh, nice. definitely recommend that. And finally, then a prediction for the game. Uh, I guess I will go with a draw, which is probably quite boring, but um, but there you go. Uh, I'll go with a one-all draw, which um, I'd be pretty happy with. I would guess that Stoke would be fairly happy with as well. Um, but yeah, that's, we, we don't keep too many clean sheets and we, we tend to score every game. So uh, yeah, I'll go for a one-all draw. Ben, thank you very much. You're welcome, no problem. <laughs>